Hi, this is Mark Brady. I'm the pastor at Anchor Faith Church in Valdosta, Georgia. I want to thank you for listening to our podcast today. We believe it will bless you and minister to you. I get ready to receive a word from God. Hebrews 11 and verse 1, it says, Faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. the evidence of things not seen. What's the evidence you've been compiling in your life toward the goodness of God? What's the evidence? You know, when you want to build a case, you need some evidence. Proof. Your evidence is in the things not seen. Evidences in the things that are yet to be seen. It's not that they don't exist, it's just that they're not seen. It's a difference. I don't need to see it to know that it is real. I don't need to see it to know that it exists. We say this all the time that our faith doesn't create something. Your faith moves something from the unseen to the seen. The intangible to the tangible. The spiritual to the natural. And many times we find ourselves believing that the things of the spirit have not yet existed. The things of the spirit have not yet been created. And you need to know today, you need to know today that the things of the spirit are real, more real than what you see. More real than what you can put a hand on. More real than what you can touch. What I love about this is that what exists And what is seen, the temporary, the tangible, it's at the mercy of the unseen. The Bible also tells us that those things that cannot be seen, they're temporary. But the things that cannot be seen, they are eternal. Temporary means subject to change. Paul says, I want to remind you, I want to stir you up. And I want to stir you up this morning by way of reminder of what your faith can do. In the CSB, Hebrews 11.1 reads, Now faith is the reality of what is hoped for, the proof of what is not seen. The Amplified reads, now faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of the things we hope for. Being the proof of things we do not see and the conviction of their reality. Faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed 
to the senses. Our senses can get loud, right? Our hearing, our touching, our feeling, our seeing, our tasting, our smelling. These these senses can get loud. The louder they get, the more you have to lean on and rely on the unseen. You've got to tap into a to a knowing beyond what the natural is informing you of. You've got to tap into something beyond what your five senses are communicating. You've got to tap into something beyond that. The Passion Translation reads, Now faith brings our hopes into reality. It becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things we long for. It is all the evidence required to prove what is still unseen. We talk a lot about expectation. Talk a lot about believing. Talk a lot about a knowing on the inside that contradicts what you see on the outside. This matter of expectation, it's a serious matter for believers. The enemy is always wanting to shift your expectation. The enemy is always wanting to move your expectation. And as we're talking about finishing this year strong, as we're talking about preparing ourselves for new year, new seasons, new steps. If your expectation becomes compromised, what you walk in and what you walk out will be too. It's a simple question this morning. What is your hope? built on? What is your trust built on? What is your dependence built on? And those five senses, man, they they show up. Those five senses Those five senses. Boy, that expectation. It's the first thing to go. The expectation of a miracle. The expectation the son or daughter is going to come home. The expectation that next year is going to be better than this year. The expectation that my best days are still ahead of me. The expectation, we're going to come through this. The expectation that we're going to see the hand of God move. We're going to see marriages restored. See bodies healed. The expectation. 
the expectation. And that's why moments like what we just engaged in are so, so important. I've got four things listed here and I'm not going to go through each of them. But number one is expectation. Number two is preparation. You know, your preparation always reveals your expectation. You know, we need to be prepared. You need to be preparing now for what you're expecting tomorrow. What can you be doing today to prepare yourself? You know, sometimes God is moving on the other person that you believe you need to forgive or that needs to ask an apology of you, but you haven't prepared your heart for them to come and say, I was wrong. I need you to forgive me. And if you don't prepare your heart, you'll be out of position when the blessing comes. So I'm a firm believer that regardless of what happens around us, we are always responsible for what happens in us. Amen. In preparations where we take that responsibility, Preparations where we guard ourselves. Preparations where we establish ourselves. Preparation always reveals your expectation. From preparation is number three, initiation. You know, a lot of times when it comes to expectation, it's a lot easier to dream it than do it. It's a lot easier to see it in our minds before we do what's necessary to see it in our lives. Initiation. Intentions must be initiated. And you can take steps to initiate some things. Got half a month left. 2023. You're going to spend it wallowing in what didn't go right this year. You're going to spend it in regret and remorse. You're going to initiate some things to ensure next year is better than this year. We talked about it last week. I can't control what happens to me, but I can control my response to it. If you're expecting something, we should be initiating something. Expectation, preparation, initiation. And I know that discouragement, that disappointment shows up. It cripples the initiation. It cripples. As we talked last week, you're closer than you think you are. But number four is where I want to focus. Expectation. Preparation. Initiation. 
But in James chapter 1, James chapter 1. Mm. Verse 2. The CSB, it says, Consider it a great joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you experience various trials, Because you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And let endurance have its full effect that you may be mature and complete, lacking nothing. He says, consider it a great joy New King James reads, count it all joy. This is the season of joy, right? Joy to the world. For the Lord has come. Joy. It's easy to get joy out of the things that are joyous, joyful. But he says, consider it all joy when you fall into, when you experience various trials. It's moments like this when I don't know what else to say other than holy, holy, holy. When it doesn't make any sense, but you say, Father, you're worthy. God, you're good. I know you are good. I refuse to be moved by what I see. I refuse to be moved by how I feel. Count it all. Joy. Later on in verse six, he says, let him ask in faith with no doubting. I wonder if joy could be connected to our expectation in some way. You know, faith takes great strength. Faith will demand of you. You know, when I, when I talk to people that are in postures where they're needing to stand strong, endure, fight. It's called the fight of faith. You know, you have to 
You have to be careful of how you expend your energy, your resources. You don't have time. You don't have margin to waste energy on the wrong things. You don't have space It's a fight. And that joy does what? The joy of the Lord is it's your strength. I know it sounds so backwards. If I win the battle, then I'll have joy. But he says, if you'll have joy, you may just win the battle. Because you think the battle's feeling your joy, but you may find out that the joy is actually feeling your battle. The joy of the Lord. Because that's why moments like what we just engaged in are so necessary. We easily speak what it is. That's easy. It really requires no faith at all. But the demand of your faith will always be to confess and to believe. what is unseen. He says, count it all joy so that when you ask in faith, you'll ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter four and verse four, the new King James reads, rejoice in the Lord always. How often? Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. You put it in there two times. In case you didn't get it the first time. Rejoice. Rejoice. Verse six says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, with thanksgiving, with thanksgiving, 
Let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Let your requests be made known to God. And then he says, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. You know, notice everything that he's stating here is internal. You think it would read, let your request be made known to God and and change your situation. He'll turn it around. And it's not that he won't, but he's saying, I'm working on something else. I'm working on the stuff on the inside. I'm working on some internal stuff. You know, over in James, he says, consider it all joy when you fall into trials. It doesn't say anything about turning the trial around. It says that you may be complete and mature. I know no one enjoys trials. I know none of us, if there was a way around, we would take it every time. But maybe he's trying to work on something inside of us. Maybe he's doing something. Maybe he's working on something. Maybe he's up to something. He didn't bring the trial. It's not what a good God does. A good God brings life and life more abundantly. The thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And we ought to be able to answer that question a hundred times out of a hundred and get it right every time. Where does stealing, killing, and destroying come from? And where does life and life more abundantly come from? But what's the work he's trying to do? What's he producing in you? What's the resolve that you're gaining? What's the glimpse into heaven that he's revealing? We know God's word. We know God's promises. We know that God will fulfill We know that his word says that they will not return void. They will accomplish what they were sent to do. But in each one of these instances, he's letting us know I'm working on something on the inside. Your expectation, your preparation, your initiation, lastly, your celebration. 
your joy, your, your joy. Rejoice. And again, I say rejoice. Rejoice. And again, I say rejoice. Be anxious for nothing. You know, we talk about it a lot, but fear and faith work off the same principle. It's the same mechanism. If I can imagine it going down, why can't I imagine it coming up? If I can imagine destruction, why can't I imagine? If I can imagine death, why can't I imagine life? It's the same mechanism. It's the same principle in action. You're picturing something that has not yet taken place. Be anxious for nothing. He says later on in verse 8, reading out of the Passion Translation. I'll read the whole thing out of the Passion, verse 4. Go back to verse 4 in the Passion Translation. Be cheerful with joyous celebration in every season of life. Let your joy overflow. Let gentleness be seen in every relationship for our Lord is ever near. Don't be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing. Be saturated in prayer throughout each day, offering your faith-filled requests before God with overflowing gratitude. Tell him every detail of your life. I tell you what, joy and gratitude will take you further than you ever thought you could go. Joy and gratitude. And then God's wonderful peace that transcends human understanding will guard your heart and mind our hearts and our minds need a guard through Christ Jesus. Keep your thoughts continually fixed on all that is authentic and real, honorable and admirable, beautiful and respectful, pure and holy, merciful and kind, and fasten your thoughts on every glorious work of God. Praising him always. Put into practice the example of all that you have heard from me or seen in my life. And the God of peace will be with you in all things. Celebration doesn't wait for the answer. Celebration doesn't wait for completion. Celebration doesn't wait until it's all put together. Celebration doesn't wait until it all makes sense. Celebration brings victory. Celebration changes your perspective. As simple as bowing before the king and saying, holy, holy, holy. As simple as offering up praise and thanksgiving. As simple 
is worshiping him. Father, we worship you. We say holy. Holy are you, Lord. We say worthy is the Lamb. Come on, just in your own words. In your own words. Tell him he's worthy. Come on, declare it right now. Before you see it, before you have it, We say holy is the Lord, the Lord God Almighty, the one who was and is and is to come to the King eternal, the King immortal, the King Almighty that reigns above it all. Lord God Almighty, say worthy is the Lamb. Say worthy is the Lamb. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast today. We trust you received a word from God. If you enjoyed this teaching, be sure to subscribe to our podcast in iTunes. By subscribing, you'll be sure to receive a new message every week as soon as they are made available. And if you'd like to learn more about Anchor Faith Church, you can stop by our website at anchorfaithbaldosta.com. There you'll find our locations and service times, ministries that are available for you and your family. You can even give financially in support of the ministry. Thank you again for listening, and we look forward to seeing you next time right here on the Anchor Faith Church podcast.